0: Claim this discount by going to PhotographyCourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST. Come join PhotographyCourse.net and capture more than just a moment. Thank you to Pixpa.com for sponsoring this episode. Pixpa.com is an all-in-one portfolio website builder used by thousands of photographers worldwide. Pixpa enables photographers to manage their complete online presence in one place easily without any coding knowledge. Pixpa comes integrated with features like e-commerce galleries, a blog, an online store, client galleries, and more. Stay tuned until the end of the episode to claim your special discount code. Hello everyone, my name is Taya and I'm the host of Great Big Photography World Podcast, where we interview notable photographers in the industry, give advice on a wide variety of topics, and provide tips for beginners and professionals alike. This episode is a unique one because of the genre that the guest specializes in, film wedding photography. Exciting, right? Muna Tahar is a film and digital wedding photographer who takes graceful photographs of couples all across the globe. We talk about how she started by being an assistant, the benefits of using film, and much more. Please enjoy. Hey Muna, welcome to the podcast. I'm thrilled to have you here. Please introduce yourself
1: to the listeners. Thank you so much, Taya. I'm very happy to be here as well. Thank you so much for having me. My name is Muna Tahar. My studio's name is Namu Alzano. We're
0: a fine art photography studio for weddings. That is very exciting. I'm a big fan of your work and a big fan of your style. As the listeners will later find out, you work a lot with film in weddings, which I think is pretty rare, so I'm very excited to talk to you more about that. Yeah, definitely. I absolutely love film photography.
1: It's um, how I got into weddings, actually, because I found a small niche of wedding photographers who did film. And I just really loved that timeless, romantic look that it
0: gives. And I just absolutely fell in love with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's quite incomparable, I'd say you can't really compare it to digital work. I mean, you can sort of recreate the film look in your digital photography, but it's never the same, right? Yeah, I would
1: agree. You can get kind of close, like, color-wise. Sometimes you can color match, but there's just something about film, the way the lighting works, the way the image kind of looks so painterly and flat, but in a really beautiful way. And it has, like, the most incredible bokeh that I just have never been able to see recreated with digital as of now.
0: Yeah, I agree. So, in terms of both digital and film photography, what camera equipment do you use? Sure. So, I started off my
1: film photography journey with a Mamiya 645-1000S. It's a 120mm film camera, and the lens that I love to use on it is an 80mm one9 It's a very old, very heavy camera. You even have to wind each frame. I actually still use it to this day. I do have a second film camera. It's the Mamiya 645 Pro TL. They're both completely uh, manual in terms of focus. And they're, they just provide the most incredible imagery for me. So I have never had to upgrade from those. I know a lot of people use other cameras. And I just am a strong believer that you don't need the most expensive equipment to create beautiful imagery. I think that you need good lens, a functioning body, and a creative eye. And the lighting that you like. In terms of digital, I use the Nikon D750. And the lenses I really like to use are the 50mm 1.4. I find I usually have that on most of my wedding. I also like to use the 24 to 70mm 2.8. If I uh, don't have as much ability to move around, for example, like a ceremony, and then uh, the 80mm 1.4 is really really great
0: that's all really great equipment and the Mamiya specifically I've heard so many good things about it even though it's as you said kind of old I bet it takes the most amazing photographs yeah it's a very
1: reliable camera I haven't had an issue with it yet though I'm I can be a little clumsy sometimes I did drop my um, Mamiya Pro TL one time and then I had to get the shutter fixed which actually cost me more Almost as much as the camera, unfortunately, but other than that, they've just been so so
0: incredibly incredible for me. Wow, that was really unfortunate. And did that happen during a wedding or or a professional shoot, or, or what happened? <laughs> Actually, it
1: did happen right at the end of a wedding. Mm-hmm. I had it on my uh, camera strap, like um you know, on the bottom. They have one of those screws that you screw uh, the strap onto. Mm-hmm. How I guess it it got loose and then it fell off on the stairs so it it went clunk and it hit like right at an angle and I right away knew I was like oh no I'm gonna have to get that fixed
0: oh no that's painful to
1: hear (laughs) yeah but it's good because I have backup equipment for everything so I wasn't even worried oh that's amazing backup equipment yeah that sounds like a really good idea Mm -hmm, definitely so yeah I always bring the two film cameras that I have and then two digital cameras
0: Yeah, that's a good tip to keep in mind for photographers who want to pursue weddings or anything else professionally. Just make sure that if something goes wrong, you don't completely start to panic. You need to have that backup. Definitely. So as we earlier discussed, many of your wedding photographs are taken on film, which I can imagine is both challenging and fulfilling. What inspired you to start offering film photography to your clients? I
1: really love the look of film. I find that it gives that timeless, romantic feel we were talking about. And one thing I really fell in love with film is I feel it made me a better photographer in terms of creating an image with intention. With film on my cameras, I only get 15 images per roll of my film. So I really have to think every time I snap, I really compose each shot. And each shot is very different, very unique. And I take so much time getting it in focus. I have a completely manual focus in terms of my film cameras and lenses. And it made me think of photography so much different. Instead of with digital, which is great because it's so fast paced, which is very useful for me in, in moments like ceremonies or um, when the lighting is very dark, it's very nice to use digital. For a first dance, it's very good. But it's very easy with digital to just find yourself tick, 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 snapping so many shots. And then you're like, okay, like I just took 100 shots and I'm sure 10 of them will be good. So film is completely different. You have 15 shots per roll and each one costs you about 3 or $4. So every shot is super intentional. And I find with film now, of my 15 images that I take, I'll have at least 13 or 14 that I give to the client. And then one of them might be slightly out of focus, but even on film, when you have that slight out of focus look, It's got this really romantic feel to it. It's almost like a painting that's been kind of washed out a little bit. So I deliver almost every single image that I take on film to my
0: clients. Wow, that's amazing. That's dedication. And yeah, I agree with you. Out of focus film shots are definitely quite something. They're definitely not the same as digital out of focus shots. They are very unique. Yeah, for sure. The digital ones, it's like, oh, okay,
1: out of focus, I'll toss it. But the film, it almost looks like you did it in an artistic, intentional way.
0: Exactly. It's funny how that works. And I love that film photography compels a lot of people to just slow down. And I'm sure that helps you a lot in your personal life as well to just be a bit more intentional with everything you do. Yeah, definitely.
1: And now I find I kind of like to treat my digital photography the way I treat film. Every picture is like a little bit more intentional. So instead of just snapping a lot, I'll probably take like, um, like I'll snap two or three times instead of 10 times. And then it saves me work in post-processing too when I'm calling the
0: images. Exactly, with calling. I mean, how many photographs do you take on your digital camera for, for each wedding, for example, on average? Sure, so for an eight to nine hour wedding, I
1: would say i probably come home with around 2,500 to 3,500 digital mm-hmm. images. And then I call them down to about seven hundred to twelve hundred. I'm pretty generous in terms of my culling and give it what how many images I give to my clients. I'll always say, "Oh, there's about like sixty to hundred images per hour." But then I I kind of just pick whichever images I love. Like I never give them a cutoff. Like I'm like, "Oh, I love this. Okay, it'll be in the gallery."
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the more the merrier, right? Especially in wedding
1: photography. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So in terms of digital, probably one third of the images I take are delivered.
0: That's very cool. And that's a really nice thing to offer to clients, both the film look that is romantic and whimsical, and then also the digital look, which is easier for you as a photographer, of course, and less stressful for you too. Yeah, definitely. And they both
1: work really well in different scenarios that I was saying. So digital is just so reliable when there's a fast pace, or if you need to use flash or There's really low lighting. Digital just works so well. And then I edit all my images myself and take the time to match them to the film as close as possible. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, and I'm sure the listeners are actually curious about the the photoshoot aspect of things. So as you mentioned earlier a little bit, you said that you kind of slow down with film photography. And then when it's digital, it's more self-fast paced. So how does that work? Do you tend to use your film camera before the wedding or afterwards? Or how does it work? Yeah.
1: So I use the film camera throughout the wedding. And when I have a second shooter with me, I'll have her take every image I take on film, on digital, on her camera. And then I know I have a backup. So with film, I like to use it in slower pace scenarios like getting ready, bridal details, couple's portraits, bridal portraits ceremony, I like to take all the details on film. I like to take a couple images on film. For example, when the bride and groom are at the altar and they're standing still, I'll take some film shots. I love to take details of the hall on film, details of the venue. Almost every part of the day, I'll have at least a few film images. And then at the end of the day, I like to use different film stocks that are very good in low light. For example, Ilford Delta 3200 is one of my favorite black and white films. It works very well in low lighting and looks really vintage and very dynamic. Or I'll use a Kodak Portrait film stock and I'll push it one or two stops so that I have enough light. When I use digital, I really like to use it, for example, faster paced in terms of what the subjects are doing. So for example, if the bride is walking down the aisle, I would leave I prefer to use my digital camera so that the autofocus can be used and then it, it's much easier for me. I can't like keep manually focusing the way I have to do on my film camera. So the digital will be really good for autofocus, for first dance, if, uh, speeches, you know, when people are laughing and I have to like turn really quick and get that picture of someone wiping a tear or laughing and then not have to worry about the manual focus. And then digital is also really great for me in low light, as I was telling you.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like you really know a lot about the ins and outs of wedding photography, and you've really mastered the art of film photography as well. So, how long did it take you to really get comfortable with both of these approaches? Thank you. So, I
1: started digital photography back, or more seriously, back in 2013. While I was still in university, I was studying music performance. I played the flute. And I started taking pictures of high fashion editorial. I was using just, I think, the first camera I had was the Nikon D3200. So the crop sensor. And I was getting some pretty great images off of that and getting published quite a bit. And then later on, I found film. Like there was a few images I liked. And I was like, how do they get it to look like that? How come the background is so, there's so much bokeh? How did they get it look that flat? How did they get those colors? And then I did some more research and I found that it was film. And I saw there was 35 millimeter film and 120 millimeter film. So the different sizes of film. And I really liked the more kind of sharpness that you would get more details with the 120 millimeter. So I did a little bit more research and um picked up a very affordable camera off of eBay and just started shooting with it I think back in the end of 2017 early 2018 and I'll be honest my first roll of film I was really excited I was like oh yeah like, I took pictures of flowers I was like this is so good I did such a good job and I got my scans back from my lab and <laughs> there was zero images that were good it was completely complete <laughs> nothing was in focus the but- the light was off, the metering was off, everything was underexposed. And I was like, okay, so let's try again. So it wasn't until about the third or fourth roll of film that I had sent in that I started getting uh, maybe 50% of my images were were really nice. And I was like, okay, I like this. And the other 50% um, were the focus was just completely off or the lighting was very off. But then with more practice, I started growing my, my skill a lot. And luckily with my experience in high fashion editorial from the past, I had some pretty good connections in terms of models and other vendors and creatives. So I would ask a lot of people, Hey, can I just take pictures of you? Like as a subject and you know, no promises that it'll be perfect, but it's just kind of like a practice. And then from there, I was able to really grow and learn a lot. It took me, I would say, maybe maybe six or seven months before I felt comfortable enough to take my film camera and approach a fine art studio and say, hi, can I photograph alongside you?
0: Mm-hmm. What really stood out to me in this answer was that as soon as you got that first roll of film and it didn't really work out for you, the photos were underexposed, as you said, you just started to try again, which is very admirable because a lot of people, I remember when I was young and I, I used a digital camera when I first started, I just had a smartphone camera. And even then, I remember something wouldn't turn out the way I wanted to. And I would probably take two days off from photography because I was so frustrated. Oh,
1: I, I feel you. I get frustrated too. Some, I mean, to this day, like I'll get frustrated. I think the most frustrating part with, with film and at the time, because I was still a student, And when I got that rollback, I was like, oh, no, that was like, you know, almost like $40, $50 after shipping and processing and buying that went down the drain. At the time for me, that was like, like a week of groceries. So I was pretty bummed out about that. And then I remember YouTube at the time was very good at like teaching. And actually, my brother-in-law was very into film photography as a hobby. So he kind of gave me a couple tips and then I watched a few YouTube videos about how to meter my film a lot better in terms of lighting. And then I got an external light meter. I was like, okay, so I'm not going to use the light meter on this camera. I'm going to get my own external light meter and meter the shadows. And that made all of the difference.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's important to, especially with film photography, to have yeah. some sort of foundation of knowledge for it first, but it's also great that you left your comfort zone and you tried it on your own, just so you could understand and have a personal rela- relationship with that camera that you bought. Yeah. You earlier mentioned that you studied music in university. Many of the people that I interview talk about the influence of music in their lives, and I think it's amazing how different art forms can enhance our photography in that way. Did studying music affect the way you approached your photo shoots in any way? It definitely did. I have been playing the
1: flute since I was, I think, eight years old. So I always grew up absolutely in love with music and in love with art. And the music I was studying was classical and Baroque and romantic mostly. So I feel like it helped shape or helped me express kind of that artistic romance that I always had. And I was also studying music composition, so writing music, and to this day, I believe I still use my musical influence in terms of creating compositions, so there's there's the bass, there's the harmony, there's the melody, and I'll kind of look at an image like that, I'll be like, okay, this is the, the melody of the image, this is the kind of the melodic point of the image. And here's the bass and here's the harmony. This is what's going to add a little bit, something, a little magic, a little sparkle. And then I compose the shot with that. And actually, what's interesting, what I'm remembering now is kind of how I get ready for each wedding. On my way to each wedding or in the morning of each wedding, I'll always put on classical or Baroque music. It always gets me in the mood. And anytime I have an editorial shoot or I'm shooting with vendors or doing a creative, I always put on Baroque music and classical music. They absolutely love it too. They're like, oh, this fits so well with the romantic vibe. Like, I love this piece. And I'm like, yes, like when I, when we were creating the mood board, for example, I'll have those pieces, those um, those symphonies on or those songs on. And then when I'm at the shoot, I like to put them on and everybody gets a little bit more
0: in style and a little bit more in theme. It's really interesting and lovely. Photographycourse.net is a place where you can find an abundance of photography inspiration in different forms like premium courses, articles, video tutorials, editing resources, and much more. We have a thriving community where you can meet new people, receive constructive criticism, and discover new ideas every single day. Here is a message from one of our top community members, Robert Morton. Hi, my name is Rob. I specialise in wildlife photography and landscape photography. I'm a member of PhotographyCourse.net online community. I like the community because you get some fantastic ideas and some great feedback. So take your photography to the next level by clicking the link in the description. That's what I did and I haven't looked back. If you want to join our online community, go to photographycourse.net and enter the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% off your first year as a premium member. Pixpa is the only platform in the world that lets you sell products, services, digital downloads, and images as prints and downloads in one neat space. And the best part is that they charge zero commission on your online sales. Pixpa offers a 15-day free trial period and a 30-day refund policy. Pixpa is providing a limited 15% discount on any plan of your choice. Go to pixpa.com slash pw15. That's pixpa.com slash pw15 to claim your discount. Wow, I love that. I love that your relationship to music affects your clients and everybody you work with. And music is such a nice way to... Help people bond, especially during a photo shoot. As you said, it sets the mood and it creates this atmosphere that is difficult to achieve without any music at all.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Many photographers stay away from film for different reasons, with, with the most common ones being the fact that it's expensive, as you said earlier, and the fear that the results won't be worth it. Do you have any advice for someone who wants to get into film photography professionally but has no idea where to start? Sure.
1: So I would say it would be really great to reach out to some film photographers that you admire and always offer them some value. So for example, I'm always really touched and honored if someone sends me an email that says, hi, I I saw your work here. I felt something when I saw your work. Is there anything I could do for you? Like, do you need an assistant? Do you, do you need help on this? Do you need, what is it that you need? That's how I started too. like, I was just begging people to let me help them whatever way they needed. So definitely offer value. So, you know, instead of just like reaching out and being like, hi, can you teach me how to use film and I'll, I'll shoot with you. Like I would probably, I don't have time to kind of like mentor someone in that way. So offering value is a really good way to start reading a lot about film and metering film. It's another really great way. There's so many blog posts out now, so many YouTube videos as well if you want to watch. So definitely take the time to read up those. In terms of the pricing of film, it's pretty easy to start on a 35mm film. So for example, there's a Nikon F11, I believe, and you probably find one for $100 or so and then you Get a few rolls of 35mm film, put your Nikon lens on it, and start shooting from there. It's it's pretty easy to use that camera. The internal light meter is pretty good. And it's got, I believe it's got an autofocus. I think the camera came out in 2001. So it's not too old and it works pretty well. And that's like a really nice way to kind of get like an introduction to film with 35mm. It's a lot more forgiving. And a lot more modern. And then from there, you can kind of look into other photographers that you like. Look at their equipment. And again, you don't have to get the most expensive, fancy equipment. Like I know a lot of photographers um, will use cameras that cost upwards of six, seven, twelve thousand dollars. And I personally don't have the budget for those images, but I love the images I get on the cameras that I have. I think that they All have their own, like, unique personal look. And in terms of after reaching out to a photographer that you admire and asking for assistance or asking to assist them, rather, it's really great to shadow somebody. So, another really good thing you can ask is to offer yourself, like, as a free assistant for a shoot or a wedding or an editorial, as an extra pair of hands, and then Watch them, watch how they meter the light, see how they meter their shadows and their highlights, see how they set up their subjects in terms of lighting, and see how they compose each shot, how they shoot each shot. So, your eyes are going to be your best friend here. And then, always, when you're helping them, I would say always kind of think one step ahead. So, if you see something, for example, when I was uh, an assistant, just kind of being an extra pair of hands for free for a photographer, I liked. I would say oh let me let me fix her her dress for you so that the shot is even better for you and I would go to the bride and like make sure the gown was sitting perfectly and then the photographer was always really thankful of that and I always thought one step ahead like I didn't want her to the photographer to ever need something on her own so I would always be holding something for her before she'd even ask me and that's how I offered her value and then after that first wedding, I helped her for free. She sent me an email. And she was like, hi, um, this is how much I would like to pay you to be like an extra pair of hands next time. Like These are the weddings I have. Are you available? So right off the bat, like I established my value, which you can do very easily. And then people really appreciate that. They really appreciate hard work. They really appreciate your passion and your dedication. And then they'll ask you to come again.
0: That's a great answer, and I like what you said about providing or offering value because as you said, some photographers or most photographers who work professionally, unfortunately they don't have the time, even if they would like to to mentor people money, or even for money sometimes, just because their lives are so busy. So it does help to offer value and to say that I'll do this in return for this and make sure that they don't feel like you're just begging them for no reason but offering something in return so you can have you know that mutual benefit so I admire you for taking a step ahead during those photo shoots and being a second shooter and, and assisting the photographer because that for sure helped you make a lot of great connections I, I believe yeah, definitely, and then you can take uh, what you you
1: can take what you admire from their work and how you like what they do and then and then you start to build your own ideas and your own way of doing things too
0: exactly and it really shows that hard work pays off. I mean, back then, you were definitely not the photographer that you are now, and you were still learning a lot. So just by showing the photographer that you had a really great work ethic was enough for you to then get paid eventually and you know, become uh, the photographer that you are right now. Yes, exactly. For every wedding, you donate $100 in your client's name to orphan students in North Africa, which helps them pursue their education. That is a wonderful cause and a beautiful way to support it, in my opinion. I'd like to talk more about this because as photographers, we often want to give back, but don't really know how to achieve that. There are actually many ways to do that remotely. Could you tell me more about this cause and what it means to you as both an individual and a photographer? Sure. Thank you so much. So personally,
1: my father is from Tunisia and North Africa. So that feels like one of my homes. We go every year and I absolutely love it. He grew up in a very, very, very small, very poor town there, like, um, it was in the desert. It was a farm and it got out through education. So there, the government will pay for education. So even if you grow up somewhere underserved, you still have the ability to go to school, which is really lovely. So what I wanted to do in terms of giving back, like I always love giving back. I'm I'm very active in terms where I try to be as active as I can. in terms of social justice and humanitarian issues. So there, what I could do, I think the best thing that I could do for a lot of people is offer them education and offer them opportunity and offer them a way to help them help themselves more. And I think education is a really great tool for that. So in terms of what I donate, which is $100 from each wedding book that provides one trimester of education for a student and what I like to do also is um, build a connection with that student so sometimes they'll write a letter and then I'll give the letter to the client and I feel that like that makes the client and uh, the student really happy they can kind of see where that donation went and it also helps me have like a lot of It helps the company, I think, have more of like a purpose. So I think it's always important for us to give back in whatever way we can, small or big, however we can. And it helps society as a whole. I'm a really big believer that the more people in society that have a way to get on their feet, the better that is for society as a whole because everyone is going to be contributing more and more. And I really do believe that so many Of the problems that we have in the world in terms of poverty and crime are committed due to a lack of opportunity and education. So, by just giving people the opportunity, I think helps so
0: many problems
1: take care of themselves.
0: I agree with you, and I love the way you approach this. And I think it's very inspiring for a lot of the listeners because it's photography often feels like a solitary experience because either in your own world or working with limited people and it's easy to forget unintentionally that it can also be a great way to give back to people who really need the support and you can even do that remotely as you said I mean for you you work with an organization and then it's amazing that you also get that relationship between your clients and the students I mean it's a great way to spread the word and an even better way for you to feel like you have a purpose as you said so it's a it's a beautiful thing and it's it's definitely uh inspiring to me and to the others that 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 are listening i'm sure definitely and just the fact that like something
1: like a hundred dollars which wouldn't get you very much here in the states but elsewhere it can provide one full trimester of education like that's something that i think really changes lives so it felt like for me, it was the very least I could do in terms of my company and giving back through that.
0: Exactly. Yeah, that's incredible. You mentioned that you edit all, your, all of your photographs, and I'm curious to know if there's much of a difference between editing film photos and digital photographs.
1: Oh, yes. Yeah. So when I get my film photography scans back, and I use photo vision prints for that, they're incredible, highly recommend. I absolutely love them. So when I get my film images back, I almost never have to touch them. I might increase the sharpness a little bit or decrease the grain just slightly, just for print. So I'll just like sharpen them a little bit for print. Other than that, there's nothing I have to do. Maybe, maybe I fix the blacks and the whites, but I probably wouldn't spend more than 10, 15 seconds on a film image. So the way you get them is the way they are. You know, they come as a JPEG, so there's not very much you can do anyways. Uh, with my digital images, with my raw images, that's when I have to really sit down and edit everything. So, you know, um I'm sure as we're all photographers here, we, we all know we're editing for lighting, color, saturation, the balance, sharpness, all of that. So what I like to do is... I will wait for my film scans to come back. In the meantime, I'll just call my digital images. Then my film scans come back. I look through all of those, tweak them a little bit. doesn't take me very much time. And then I'll organize them based off the time of the day with the digital images. And then I'll put them side by side. So I'll put my film image next to my digital image in Lightroom. And then I will do my best to match the digital image for the color and the lighting of the film. And then I go from there, really. So my goal is to give my clients a very seamless gallery that all looks very similar, all the same, very seamless. And so that's why I wait to receive my film images back. And then I edit the digital to match the film.
0: It's an interesting process, and I'm sure it takes a lot of time. How long does it take you to edit everything, typically?
1: Uh,
0: Okay. So on a good
1: day, maybe it'll take me, if I have nothing else, maybe like like about a week, five days to edit Mm -hmm. one Where it starts getting kind of nerve wracking for me is when I have multiple weddings starting to stack up. You know, that's why things start to take about six weeks to give back to the clients because I have, you know, five projects before there's Then I have to edit those five projects and then I have to edit theirs. So by then it's about five or six weeks have passed. So I would say it takes me, if I'm doing well and focused, about five days, six days to call and edit every image.
0: Yeah, that's very interesting usually photographers who work on their own will say, you know, it takes me this many hours. So it's interesting for someone to to work on photographs, thousands of them for a few days. I mean, it makes sense, of course, but it's still very interesting to me. Oh, wow. I wish I could
1: do it in a few hours. That would be amazing. Um, I think with me, I really take the time to go through every single image. Um, I don't like batch editing at all. Um, I'm kind of a perfectionist, but it's it kind of probably hinders me to some degree. Like I I go through the gallery, I edit everything. And then Taya, I go again. And I look through every image again before I export. And then I tweak them all again. And then maybe I'll go look at it a third time, you know, just to make sure everything's perfect, everything's in line. I want basically every image that I give to represent me and my work so fully. And every image I give, I would feel very comfortable printing and framing in my studio type of thing so there's no image that i would give that i'm not a hundred percent happy with
0: well that is work ethic and your portfolio clearly shows that thank you Since you use both film and digital cameras during your client's weddings, you probably have a team that helps you carry the equipment and maybe a second shooter because you mentioned you had an assistant. Is there someone who takes photos with you or do you handle everything on your own in general? So depending on the package that the client gets, it
1: will either be just me shooting and then I'll have my assistant helping me in terms of rolling the film and holding an extra camera for me so that I can jump back and forth. Or I'll have um, a second shooter with me, and then I'll have my assistant with me as well. So when I do have a second shooter, it's really nice to have an extra pair of eyes and an extra angle when there's certain things happening, like, for example, the ceremony or the first dance. It's nice to have them stand around for me. And the assistant is really helpful as well. Now, the second shooter is very useful when I am shooting film because I will have her stand directly behind me at an angle and then shoot every shot that I take on film on digital. And then that way I know that I have backups of everything. That becomes very useful too.
0: Yeah, that's really wise because if something does go wrong, which it does sometimes, especially with film, you can't really predict that, then at least you'll have those extra photographs. That's a really great way to use a second shooter, by the way. Yeah, definitely.
1: Luckily, I haven't had anything... Uh, Happened to my film yet? Uh, All of the film that I've sent to Photo Vision has been received safely, thank goodness. But just in case, it's always nice to have
0: backups
1: of everything and kind of see the difference between the shots.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's interesting. It's an interesting perspective, even for you as a photographer at the wedding to have those two comparisons for yourself. Yeah. Okay, Muna. My last question for you is: What is the one thing you'd like to achieve in this great big photography world? I definitely think that the number one thing that
1: is important for me is to make my clients really happy. So the happier they are with their images, that really inspires me to keep going. And I really hope to keep expanding on my destination wedding portfolio and shooting my favorite weddings, which are very intimate weddings in remote places and beautiful castles or remote beaches, small islands, um old manors, historical buildings. I just love that feeling. I think there's so much history and romance in all of those. So it inspires me to create incredible imagery for them. So my goal is to continue growing my portfolio, continue making all my clients happy, every single client I have. I treat them like they're the only client I have, which is why I only take about 20 to 22 weddings per year. So really, I just want to continue making people happy and preserving their love story.
0: What a beautiful answer. And I'm sure that you will achieve all of those goals because you have an incredible work ethic and such a beautiful romantic style in your work and such a unique way of approaching it too. So I'm sure you're going to be even more successful in the near future. Thank you so much, Taya. Thank you too, Muna, for sharing your tips about film photography and for talking about yourself and your incredible techniques. I appreciate it a lot. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate being
1: here and I hope you found something helpful. Oh, I for sure did. And I'm sure the listeners did too. Thank you so much. Thank you
0: too. Bye. Bye. Muna's dreamy photography style instantly caught my attention when I first saw her work. I hope her unique approach to photography serves as a reminder that you can break boundaries and take your work to the next level with the help of a little courage and creativity. See you next week. There's a simple reason why photographycourse.net is the highest rated photography community in the world. It's because the people who use it made it that way. Why not join us right now? Improve your skills, get exposure and discover an exciting new world of photography. While you're at it,